So Happy New Year to you all. Perhaps you have made New Year's resolutions. Uh, yeah, maybe revolutions as well for you. Uh, one which uh, many people do at this time of year is to determine to read the Bible through in a year. And usually they start out naturally in Genesis. Um, I would suggest that uh, it's a good place to start, but maybe alongside that you could read the book of Revelation because that is where we're all heading to. And it seemed fitting to me that uh, on this second day of 2022, we might look at the last chapter or a bit of the last chapter of the book of Revelation, the last chapter of your Bible, if you could turn to it. That's chapter 22, just going to read a few verses. I'll read it from the King James Version. And this is John being showed something. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they shall need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the saying of the prophecy of this book. I think it's fitting that at the start of the new year we look ahead to see what is in store for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not that uh, we expect uh, to pass away, of course that might happen, um, but what are we aiming for? What motivates us to do things? Well, we do them for the glory of God, don't we? And we do them for the hope that is set before us in our Lord Jesus Christ. And this chapter gives us something of that. The situation there is one of beauty. I want us to grasp a little bit of that. This is a beautiful place. The new earth and the new heavens have been formed and the new Jerusalem has descended upon the new earth and this is a, a, an amazing thing. It's around about 1,400 miles to 1,500 miles square, this new Jerusalem. Uh, it puts it at 1,200 furlongs or stadia. And that's the kind of dimension that is. It's huge. But it's not just the size. You've also got a description of the walls in the previous chapter, which are something wondrous to behold. And then in the mid middle of it, there's this pure river or water of life. What a wonderful thing to be there. This water of life, Jesus said, that he was the water 
of life. Well, here is the water of life, and it's crystal clear. There's no pollution. Uh, there's nothing in it except life for those who partake of it. And it's a, a thing of beauty. The whole place is a thing of beauty. No doubt you've been bowled over in the past while viewing The Blue Planet by David Attenborough, uh, amongst others. And the wonder that there is in the seas and the oceans. Uh, and soon there's going to be the green planet on your television screens. And you can see something of the wonder uh, of the nature of this earth. And maybe something of the horror of it as well. If you looked at some of the insect world, uh, there are things there that uh, would turn your stomach. But it's a beauty. But the beauty of this land, this new land, is even greater because the Lord is there. There's this water of life and it's coming out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And then it tells us that there is something there that's not been on the earth for thousands of years, something very precious, something that was essential to the life of Adam and Eve. Not the, not the tree of knowledge, but the tree of life. That's there. That's in this place. The tree of life and those that partake of that will live forever. Perhaps that should have been the life that Adam and Eve had as they were given this tree to eat. Instead, they chose a tree that was forbidden to them. But we only know of this tree of life here. There is no tree of knowledge of good or evil. There will be no evil there. But knowledge will be there. Perhaps you wonder what heaven will be like. Uh, how long it's going to be, it's going to be for eternity. Will you get bored? I'll tell you something in a minute that you might get bored of, uh, but it's not in heaven. So there's this pure river, there's this water of life, there's this tree of life, and you'll also notice that what separated Adam and Eve from the tree of life was a curse. They were cursed. But there is no curse here. There is no curse in this new Jerusalem, in this new heaven and earth. The curse has gone. Our Lord Jesus took upon himself the curse of sin and death and hell and he washed it clean. He took it away and now there is the possibility, the certainty of blessing to those who trust him, the possibility of blessing to those who will trust him uh, if they trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. One of my reasons for looking at this passage is that if any of there are any who have not trusted the Lord is that it might make them jealous of what lies in store to the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's no more cursed. And then there is the vision of God and the Lamb enthroned. There is this vision of glory, a clear vision of glory because we shall see his face. Look up in the skies during the day or during the night. You will not see his face. You will not see the face of God and no man can except 
he died. You remember that time on the mountain when the, the Ten Commandments were given? They, people weren't even allowed to come onto uh, the, the mountain itself or they would die. Moses himself, who received the Ten Commandments, couldn't look at the face of God. He just saw the backside, as it, as it, as it were, as it's described in the Bible, of God. That's what he was permitted to see. But here, we can see him face to face. Now, the Christian is in a privileged position, even whilst on this earth, in that we see the face of God in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to know what God is like, we look to him. But we have not seen his face physically yet, but we will. At that place, we will see his face. We will see his glory in all of its glory. A wonderful thing. And then we find that our name is in our foreheads. His name, sorry, is in our foreheads. What a wonderful thing. We are called by his name now. The Christians were first called Christians at Antioch in Syria. Uh, but we're called by the name of Christ. We are Christians. We own that name, his glorious name. Well, that despised name, that's still despised by many. That's why they want to blot it out of Christmas. Will be a name that is revered by all who dwell in this place. The name of our Lord Jesus, his glorious name, will be adored by all and we will bear that name. There's also, there is not going to be any night. In chapter 22, it says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. There is no night there. There is no darkness. Just the Lord of light will dwell in that place and give light to all things there. And I want you to note that there are servants there who serve him. That's us. We'll be there, those who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will, be, we will be there and we shall reign with him forever and ever. That is the prospect. And you know you will not get bored with eternity. There's another part uh, in the New Testament where it says that our minds can't even begin to comprehend all that God has prepared for those who have trusted in him. What a wonderful thing. Well, there is something I want to mention to you. What is eternity like? What it must it feel like? You may have heard of the composer John Cage, an American composer, uh, perhaps well known for a, 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 a piece of music uh, that lasts for 4 minutes 33 seconds, and that's the title, 4 minutes 33 seconds. I've seen it performed on television. The, the players, they just pose on their instruments. There's no sound. The sound is to come from your own mind. So he's quite a radical composer. But there's also another thing that he composed for an organ, and it's called ASLSP. And it's to be played as long and as slowly as possible. You buy the CD, it's, it's just over one hour long, 66 minutes. 
Uh, I wouldn't recommend it myself, but uh, you might want to try it if you can get it for free, uh, just to listen to it. But, you know, someone's taken this quite literally. There is a church in Germany where they are playing this music. Now, the organ was first came to light around about 600-odd years ago. So their intention is to play this one piece of music for 639 years. And it's to stretch, that 66 minutes, is to stretch for that duration. And the first note, so far, has lasted just over a year. And it's to continue. It's to be funded. That's, they'll, kill, they'll keep this organ going. They'll place weights on the pedals and on the keys to play this piece of music for 639 years. How boring is that? Heaven is not like that. Heaven will be full of things that God has prepared for us. It's going to be glorious. So as we face this new year, we can think of that glory that is to come. It's something that we work for. We are servants. We will be servants in that place. We're servants now. We're servants before him called to serve him in various ways, called to bring blessing to his people and to those who are not yet his people. What a great saviour we have. What a great father we have. What a great prospect the Christian has. But meanwhile, in this new year, we work for him and we have that to look forward to in the time that is, the age that is to come. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you.